is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I perhaps should have introduced myself earlier. I'm the short one, it seems. Uh, my name's Graham. I lead the team that leads Jubilee. And uh, it's really good, as I said earlier, to have you guys with us this morning, particularly if you're visiting us or here with uh, Dave and Anna as uh, family or friends of them. Now, we're, as a church, uh, working our way through the Gospel of Luke. That's our preaching series at the moment. And Luke writes an account of Jesus' earthly life and ministry, what he did and what he said. And uh, Luke's writing uh, in the middle of the first century, so very, very close in time uh, to Jesus' earthly life and uh, ministry. And he's giving us an account. He's uh, investigated things, we're told, from eyewitnesses. And he's wanting to write an accurate and ordered account, both for his uh, initial recipients, a guy called Theophilus, uh, but also for people like us, a couple of thousands or so years later, that we might understand Uh, what Jesus said, what he did, uh, and might encounter God in reading his word. So his purpose is both to inform and educate, but also to reveal Jesus to us. And uh, it's worth having those sort of things uh, in mind as we read some passages this morning. If you do have a Bible with you, if you'd like to uh, turn or click to Luke chapter 16. Sorry, Luke chapter 17. My apologies. Luke chapter 17, we're going to read the first few verses together. Luke 17. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied round his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins seven times, so if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So this morning I want to talk about family relationships, family relationships. It seemed like an appropriate subject uh, with it being Father's Day and uh, some of you would be celebrating Father's Day uh, today. So it seemed like a good sort of time uh, to talk about relationships in our families. Now we've, uh, we've celebrated with Dave and Anna this morning and thanked God for Finley and it's been great to do that. But whether it's your father or your mother or your children, or maybe it's the church family, all of us are in those sort of family relationships in one way or another. For some of you, you may be in fantastic family relationships. Everything is always great. There are never any arguments. Everybody always gets on with everybody else. You even get on with your mother-in-law. For the record and the tape, I get on well with my mother and father-in-law. They are great. Um, Or you may be in a sort of family relationship which sometimes is strained. 
sometimes is difficult, occasionally or maybe regularly there's tension. And it's, uh, you hear something uh, about family relationships and you think, ah, oh, it's not so great. Some of you, the idea of talking about such a subject is great joy. And for others of you, maybe it brings thoughts of tension or stress. I guess for many of us, it's a mix. And life is a bit of a mix like that very often, isn't it? The Bible describes the church in all sorts of ways. The uh, Bible uses all sorts of uh, different pictures to help us understand what the church is. It talks about the church being like a city, being like a bride, being like a body, and also like a family. And so whether you're thinking particularly of your own personal family relationships or maybe relationships within a church context like this, I want to speak this morning about these family relationships. So let's pray and we'll see what the Bible has to say to us. Lord Jesus, we pray in these moments that we have remaining that you would speak to us from your word. Lord, would you help us to understand what we read? Uh, God, would it come alive to us by your Holy Spirit? And would you apply it to our lives? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you've got your your Bible still open, then you can uh, follow through uh, where we are. Remember, we're in the beginning of Luke chapter 17. Jesus says this, that second half of verse 3. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, then forgive him. I want to talk about forgiving your brother or sister. The Bible is full of relationships that have broken down, relationships that have gone sour, that have gone wrong, where there's been stress and tension. You see it right throughout Scripture. People like Cain and Abel, Joseph and his brothers, Saul and David. Time and again we come across characters that are, whose lives are recorded for us where there's some stress and some tension in the relationships. And the reason for that is the Bible is full of accounts of ordinary people. Actually, they're ordinary people who had an extraordinary God. And their lives are recorded for us in order that we might not put them on the pedal stool and say, how could I ever be like that? But rather we read the account of their life and go, you know what, my life's a bit like that sometimes. You know what, I have those sort of tensions or stresses in my life and we can begin to identify with some of our biblical heroes who indeed did fantastic things for God but also had very ordinary lives with some of these challenges that we're going to talk about this morning. I guess for many of us, saying sorry is never easy. It's not the first word that comes to our lips. And it's this background that Jesus is speaking into here, that he's teaching into. You see, it's not that sin is to go unnoticed or unchallenged, but rather it's to be dealt with in an appropriate way. And what Jesus says is that if, you're, if the other person, somebody in your life, maybe your brother or sister, another family member, or somebody else that you have a relationship with, if they sin against you, but they come and repent, then you're to forgive them. That's what Jesus is saying here. And it's not just once, 
Not just twice. Not just three times. But what does Jesus say here? If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back and says, I repent, then forgive him. Jesus is, uh, is upping it quite, much, quite well here, isn't he? He's saying, you just need to carry on forgiving and repenting. I guess we've all heard stories about families torn apart. You know, years ago there was a disagreement over something seemingly quite small and insignificant at the time, maybe over the Christmas dinner table, and then years later, 15, 20 years later, that relationship has never been put right, never been restored, and maybe the people concerned don't even see each other anymore. You hear those sort of stories, and it's so sad to hear families torn apart like that. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe that's been true of you in the past or true of you even now. I guess we've all heard stories like that at one time or another. So what should you do if you're in that situation? What does Jesus say to you? What does the Bible say to us this morning? What should you do if you're in that situation? Well, before we give an answer, it's worth just looking at another record that is recorded for us this time in Matthew's Gospel of a similar account where in Matthew chapter 18 we're told that Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? You're thinking maybe he's remembering a conversation where Jesus said seven times. If they come back, you just forgive them. What does Jesus says here? When he says, Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some translations have it 70 times 7, which in case you're wondering out is 490. Is that what Jesus is saying? Well, if your brother or sister sins against you 490 times in a day, then yes, you can tick it off as you go, but as they come back and repent, you're to forgive them. Is that what Jesus is saying here, that you're somehow to keep a record and count up, and when you hit the magic number, bang, it's over, no more forgiveness? Is that really what he's saying here? And what Jesus is really saying is that it's unlimited. You see, we like guidelines, we like rules, we like to put things in little boxes and say, that's how I'm going to react, and that's the formula, if you like. Jesus is saying here there isn't a formula other than if your brother or sister sins against you and repents, then you forgive them. You forgive them. Jesus says, basically, you shouldn't be counting. You shouldn't be counting. Nicky Gumbel, the pioneer of the Alpha Call, said this recently on Twitter. He said, never allow little things to spoil a friendship. Overlook if possible, confront if necessary, always forgive. Never allow little things to spoil a friendship. Overlook if possible, confront if necessary, always forgive. And he went on, the first to apologise is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. I wonder which one are you. So let's just break that down a second. He says overlook if possible. Sometimes we can just be too quick to take offence, can't we? What he's saying here and what the Bible would encourage us in is if possible, overlook it. If someone offends you and you can overlook it, then do. Some of you may remember the TV comedy series of a few years ago called Drop the Dead Donkey. It was certainly a favourite of mine. And there was a character in this, uh, Joy 
uh, Meriwether, I think her name was, played by Susanna Doyle. And what would happen if you ever saw the uh, series you'd know is it was set in a TV newsroom and she would carry in her person a, a small black book and whenever anybody offended her, out would come the book and she would write it down. And whatever somebody might do that did her wrong, she would take out the book and write it down in order that at some moment in time she would repay them. And it wasn't going to repay them with kindness. You may recall one episode where somebody apologises to her for treating her so badly and she gets out the book and crosses his name out of the book. And then almost as an afterthought, she puts on a heavy gardening glove, reaches into his office drawer and takes out the large poisonous spider that she'd put in there. Now, I'm sure none of you would be resorting to that sort of extreme. But what the Bible would have us do is overlook where we're able to. Friends do that. If someone's offended you and you can just overlook it, then that would be a good thing to do. Not to store it up for later, but to genuinely forgive and to overlook. Confront if necessary, he went on. Well, sometimes confrontation is necessary. But let's do that in a loving way, where we're seeking to restore the friendship rather than to get our own back in the person that's offended us. And then always forgive. If someone's truly repented, if they've offended you and truly repented, then what would Jesus have us do? An unlimited number of times? Forgive. Always, always forgive. So Jesus commands it. It says in Matthew chapter 6, If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. In the, uh, the passage we read earlier in Luke 17, Jesus also talks about not causing others to sin. It seems there's great judgment in that. He says that uh, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied round his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. He puts it like this. Uh, Matthew records it like this in Matthew 18. Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it will be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So for Jesus, how we, te- how we treat children is important. And it's a good day to remember that as well because, as I said, it's Father's Day and we're celebrating that as well as celebrating uh, the safe arrival of Finley and praying for our friends Dave and Anna. But how they treat Finley and bring him up is important to God. Actually, how we all treat our, our children is important to him. And actually, how we treat other people's children, be it in our church family or wider, is important as well. Jesus values children and so should we. So running fantastic 
engaging and exciting kids' activities on a Sunday morning is not just a babysitting service for the adults. It's in order that we honour them well and give them an opportunity to hear about the love of God for themselves. That's important to us. Let's not be a stumbling block to them, but look to love them, honour and encourage them as we were praying for Dave and Anna and Finlay earlier. You see, we might think that God values worship the highest. The Bible talks about the fact that we're uh, called to worship God, how that's important, how that's the the most important thing in our lives, to love God and to worship him. And that's true. God does value worship very highly. But Jesus also said this in Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, we might say, if you're coming to worship in a context like this, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, then leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. See, again we see that relationships are important to Jesus. They're so important that he said, if you're coming to worship and you remember that someone's got something against you, then go and sort it out first, before you come to worship. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, Jesus says, it's if you remember that somebody else has something against you, go and sort it out. Now the implication is clearly if you've got something against somebody else, you go and sort that out as well. But it's not just that way around. It's any relationship that you're aware of, go sort it out. Go put it right and then come to worship. See, worship is much more than just singing of songs, isn't it? Actually, it involves all our life. Our whole life is worship. And how we respond to Jesus in every situation is a chance to honour him and to worship him. It's why this issue is so important. And of course, this issue can only really be resolved, only really work out well in our lives, if it follows from and comes out of a relationship with God himself. Otherwise, these sort of things that Jesus is talking of are not impossible to do. Because in our own strength, we would more likely think, you know what, I I don't want to go and sort that out. and I don't want to put that relationship right or have that difficult and awkward conversation. But rather, when we know and love and follow Jesus, he gives us the ability to do that through his Holy Spirit. He empowers us and gives us grace to have those sort of conversations and grace to restore those relationships when we need to. You see, we were created for a relationship with God. If you ever wondered what the meaning of life is, ever wondered why you're here, ever wondered what it's all about, trying to make sense of it, it, actually you were created by God for a relationship with God. And if you think that life doesn't really make sense and it just seems a bit confusing to you perhaps and you haven't managed to get things in an order in, in a way that you can understand things, then let me ask you a question. Have you considered that actually there's a part of your life that God needs to be involved in? In fact, it's not a part of your life. It's all of your life that God wants to be involved in because he created you for a relationship with himself. And that's only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this morning, Jesus offers you a new start at life. As we talk about Father's Day, as we talk about offering forgiveness to one another, this morning, Jesus offers forgiveness to you. 
for everything that you've ever done that has offended him, that has wronged him. The Bible uses the word sin. It's anything that gets in the way between our relationship, in, in between us and God, in that relationship, anything that comes between us. Jesus wants to offer you forgiveness for and new life in this morning. And as you experience that, and as you walk in the good of it, then it's only then that you are able to offer forgiveness to others. It's as you receive forgiveness from God himself, you're then able to offer that forgiveness to other people. The Bible says that there will come a day in time when we will all stand before God and have to give an account of our lives. And in that moment, somebody will have to pay the price for everything that we've ever done wrong. And we have a choice, and the choice is to be made now, actually, not in that moment. And the choice is, do we pay the price, or do we ask Jesus to pay the price for us? And at that moment in time, it will be too late to make that decision. But rather, you can make that decision now, even perhaps today. Because you can choose to follow Jesus and to trust in him and to ask him to pay the price that is due, or you can pay it yourself in that moment. And on this Father's Day, as we talk about family relationships, I want to give you an invitation to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father and to restore that relationship, not because of you trying hard and working better and trying to live a better life and just trying to do some things that might you think please God because whatever you do isn't going to quite make it, but rather trusting in Jesus and believing in him and following him, the Bible says can restore the relationship that God intends for your life. That relationship with God himself. So I want to encourage you, if you want to know more about that, ask a friend here, ask somebody you came with maybe, come and see John or myself afterwards, maybe uh, do an alpha course or something similar where you can explore more about what the Christian faith is about and the good news that Jesus offers. So, as we begin to close, we've talked this morning about forgiving others. We've talked about offering forgiveness to others as they may offend you. And that happens, as we've said, as we receive God's forgiveness in our own life, we can then forgive others through the strength and the grace that he provides. So let me ask you, is there anyone this morning that you need to forgive? Anyone this morning that you need to go to and say, I want to put this relationship right. Any relationship you can think of that just doesn't sit well at the moment, that you know isn't in a great place. I want to encourage you this morning. Who do you need to be reconciled with? This teaching of Jesus is quite radical, isn't it? It really is. And we want Jubilee to be a community of grace. A community that love and honour one another. And whilst this teaching of Jesus is radical, you know what? It works. It really does work. It really does. And so if we want Jubilee to be that community of grace that love and honour one another, then we're going to need to ask ourselves hard questions sometimes like this and say, is there any relationship I need to go and put right? Anybody that I've offended or have offended me? then I want to encourage you this morning to put those things right before God 
in order that he might build Jubilee into the sort of church that he wants to. Jesus wants relationships in our families and in his church to be full of grace, full of love, full of joy and full of forgiveness. And I want to encourage us all this morning to build that sort of church. That would actually make for a great Father's Day, one that really honoured God if we allow his Holy Spirit to help us with those sort of things. Let's make sure we don't become a stumbling block to our children. Let's make sure we honour them and love them, respect them and help them into a relationship with Jesus as they begin to understand it. Never allow little things to spoil a friendship. Overlook if possible, confront if necessary. Jesus would say, always forgive. Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. So in a moment of quiet, and I'm going to ask that question again. Is there anyone this morning that you need to forgive or you need to be reconciled with? Let's just have a moment of silence before the Lord. I'm going to ask Adam and the musicians to come back up and lead us in a song in a moment. Lord Jesus, we read these accounts in Scripture of what you spoke and what you you said and taught. And Lord, it's radical stuff. We read it and think, gosh, how could we ever live up to that? But thank you, Lord, we don't have to do it in our own strength. Thank you that you provide the grace and strength to live in a way that honours you. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you empower us to live for you. And thank you that as we receive your forgiveness in our own lives, we are then able to forgive others and to restore relationships that are broken. Thank you that you came to make it possible that a relationship with God for us might be restored and made right once again. Thank you for all that you accomplished in dying on the cross, forgiving our sin, rising again to new life in order that that relationship for us might be restored. We want to thank you for that. And on this Father's Day, we thank you for the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. And we want to celebrate it and thank you for it. And Lord, this morning, for any who don't yet know it, I pray that you would continue to speak to hearts and lives and continue to reveal your love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song as we close our time together. Let's worship the Lord. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday.